Hello, everybody. This is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to this week's podcast. I am so glad that you're here, and thank you for joining me today. Um, the weekly podcast schedule has been a little unpredictable for me as well, and I apologize for that. Last week, when I thought we would be back to our regular schedule, um, it turned out that my awesome uh, partner in light, <laughs> Golden Retriever Dog Samson, um, needed some surgery. He had eaten a rock. He's just one of those dogs <laughs> that eats rocks occasionally. And unfortunately, um, this one was bigger and there were x-rays that were done um, 10 days apart and it hadn't moved. Otherwise, he was acting completely fine. Um, you know, eating, appetite, good mood, drinking, peeing, pooping, all of those other signs of, of health and wellness. But um, this weird little cough that he had, isn't that funny that he and I both had a cough? Maybe I have a rock in my stomach. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so this option that we have for, um, that I had for taking care of him and, you know, what should we do? Anyway, we elected for surgery and he's doing fantastic. I actually have a baby gate um, downstairs so that he's minimizing his trips upstairs or he'd probably be right next to me, but he's doing really, really well. The stitches come out in one more week. Oh, and I'm very um, appreciative to all of you who sent uh, prayers and healing and well wishes, etc. Thank you so much for that. Um, we felt the benefits of your love and your light and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are we going to do here today? Um, to maximize my bandwidth, I'm going to, should I close that? I think I should. Okay. I hope I don't regret that and have to open it later, but, um, okay. So what are we doing here? Uh, for anyone that's happening across this video or this podcast um, in archive and don't know me. Um, I am a, <laughs> what do I call myself? And some of you are probably laughing with me because it's like you can relate to this, this conundrum. Um, I am a purveyor of light <laughs> in this Um, so although I may be very casual in a lot of ways about how I come across, um, I take the wisdom that I access through interdimensional communication vessel, vessel lines and grid lines. Um, I take that very seriously. It's beyond my ability to understand on a mental level. And yet it's proven to me over and over and over again the access that I have to what I call our higher selves um, through private sessions and classes and messages that I receive on my own behalf and on behalf of this reality here. So yes, I share them and I totally appreciate that to some people it seems absolutely ridiculous, crazy, and um, nutty. But you know what? I know from my experience that it's very real. I consider myself a quite intelligent person and I get it. If any of, if any of you that are coming across this don't get it, um, but that doesn't mean it's not real. And you may just decide for yourself what I found to be true, which is that we can be far much more than we've been told. We have far much more greatness available to us within our human experience, not after we die, not when we're in heaven or on the other side, etc. right here, right now. We have levels of gloriousness available to all of us. And I get excited about what's possible for humanity when we know this for ourselves. I'm a much better person <laughs> than I was before I knew this. I don't have expectations of being perfect. Um, I'm not even trying to be perfect, but I like myself more than I did um, in 2008 uh, when I realized all this stuff was possible. And I, yeah, I'm excited to see how much even more amazing you can be <laughs> if you decide for yourself what's possible. Okay. All right. So what are we going to do today? I don't know. <laughs> I don't do this from a script. 
but let's just um, dive in here. I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm going to invite you guys. Let's do a little mini meditation here as well (sighs) to help us all feel connected (sighs) to a level that's beyond the noise and the chatter of our brains. Yeah, that sounds like heaven, right? Okay, true. All right, just slow down your breathing. Focus on your body. Some of you may be able to feel the vibration of your your heartbeat. You may even want to put a finger where you can get your pulse on your wrist or on your neck or on your actual heart and just feel the rhythm of your heart. Just focus on it. Allow your brain to be uh, delightfully distracted by the beating of your heart. Okay. Allow your brain to be intent and clear and quiet as it listens and feels the rhythm of your heart. (sighs) Acknowledging the wonder of the human body and the ability for it to keep functioning on autopilot in a lot of ways without your brain needing to manage every single little function in your consciousness. It's almost like background systems. And there's other background systems that are beyond your biology. Good job. So what are these background systems as we're just staying right here? What if they're all, what if all of these background systems that are in the etheric are about you being loved and loving, intelligent and savvy and discerning, even brilliant, original, unique, humorous, forgiving, We're not told about these background systems. They can't be proven with science. But what if they're real? What if there's another level of background operating system that was available to you all this time? And maybe just now you can begin to explore it, play with it, even better try it out. The truth is you've already been using these divine operating systems many times in your life. Those moments where you pleasantly surprised yourself by how naturally good you are and how amazing you can be. Those glimmers of gloriousness of what you're capable of, what's possible for you. Yes, we're talking about you. Okay, good. Just staying right here, allowing your feet to feel heavy. (sighs) Allowing your shoulders and your arms to just relax, whether you're sitting, lying down, standing. (sighs) Hopefully feeling the calm of your mind the peace that's also available to you amidst the busyness of being human. Good job. You're doing fantastic. So what else is in here, right? What else is available to you? Some of the secrets of what's available to you, you won't know by just being curious. You'll know by doing by being, by stretching your own limits of what you're capable of, by going beyond the boundary of what you've been told or what you think that you are. In this space, beyond your own edge, you create new versions of yourself, new responses, new things to get excited about, (laughs) new things to be afraid of. 
But where you, what you will find beyond that current edge of you is more you. <laughs> it's just layers of you that are not from your past. It's layers of you where you are laying down tracks for a new future. A future that's more unpredictable. A future that may be more difficult to explain to yourself or to others. A version of you that keeps you excited. Let's just play with that idea of you being unpredictable. Of you rewriting your script. Of you having this amazing eraser to undo or at least lighten up on the parts of you that maybe you don't like, the parts of you that get, get you into trouble, the parts of you that just feel a little ugly, a little off, a little disconnected. There is that magic eraser. And you use it again by being beyond that edge, beyond that boundary of what you know yourself to be. It's scary out there. It's like the black holes in the cosmos. What is that? It's not a place of death. It's a place of birth. It's not a place of destruction. It's a place of creation. And in many ways, it isn't a place. (laughs) It's not within time. It's not within space. It's beyond space. It's beyond time in the realms of creation that you know very well as your higher self and that your higher self wants you to know more of as your human. By being unpredictable, by being curious, by wanting to have that magic eraser, not so that you can redo the past, as much as so that you can take more authority over your future, over your you, so you can minimize those moments where you don't like yourself and maximize those moments where you're like, oh my God, I actually am not too bad at this. Good. (sighs) Nice job. A zone of creation for you. Now I sent some of you asking, so how do I do this? Do I have to stay positive? No. The magic isn't in staying positive as much as the magic is believing in yourself and believing that this sort of background divine operating system exists and that it's available to you and that it's available to all of us. There's a part of you that knows this because you've had moments where you stretched beyond your comfort zone and you landed more successfully than you thought you might. Or you went down to flames and you're still here alive to tell about it. Either way, (laughs) you're you're more indestructible than you realize. Okay, good. And you'll be there to pick yourself up if it doesn't go like you wanted to. Okay, great job, you guys. Okay. All right, so how do we do this? There's a simple way, and it sounds like such a cliche, and now I sound like Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Can I keep it going? Probably not. (laughs) There's a simple way, though, to sort of um, change your energy patterns towards the unpredictable, and that's by doing something you're absolutely terrified of. If you're anything like me and there's something that you have already decided long ago that you're just horrible at something, I just, you know, I'm just bad at that. I can't do that. Um, You may be most likely to terrify yourself by actually doing it or forcing yourself to do it if you feel like you don't have a choice, right? Where you have committed yourself that you just have to do it. Um, I have my own example of that with public speaking. I was a horrible public speaker in undergraduate. And even when I was doing my MBA, I 
hated it when a presentation was required um, in job interviews. When I was an undergrad trying to get these internships at companies like Hewlett Packard, et cetera, I remember my very first interview in that professional setting as um, a college of business student, as an econ major and finance major. I, my mouth dried up. I think it is what some of you would know of as a panic attack. And that's the only one I can think of that I've ever had. Um, I had zero moisture in my mouth and I was like, I can't speak. It was terrifying. Um, I've heard this weird sort of, um, not ringing in my ears, but like white noise getting louder and louder in my head. Like before you faint, any of you that ever ever fainted or, or kind of passed out, it's that kind of, there's that, for me, there's this weird noise that kind of comes up in the background that's very odd. Um, and I don't even remember walking out of that interview, <laughs> by the way, PS, I did not get that job. <laughs> surprise, surprise. God, if they would have picked me, that would have been a sad state of affairs for uh, who else would they would have interviewed. Anyway, I did make it out to HP later on though as a full-time employee. So that worked out fine. Just not that time. Um, but that ability that we have to face our fears. And I just had to face my fears in terms of public speaking, because at one point, actually, while I was at Hewlett Packard, um, all the promotional jobs that I wanted, it required some degree of representing, you know, the strategic business plan, et cetera. And I had to do public speaking. Um, so there was one particular um, presentation that I needed to do for my team. I don't remember why my bosses couldn't do it. But anyway, it was Joel's job that time. Um, I think they were traveling and my former boss was in the room. And I just, it was weird. There was a part of me that felt very wise and very knowing. This was before I knew any of this, any of the stuff that you and I are doing today. Um, it was almost like I decided you know what? It's like, Jill, you don't have a choice. You have to nail this. Just pretend you know how to public speak and just do it. I knew what it looked like in my head, right? I knew what a good presentation looked like. I knew what a calm, cool, um, you know, clear presenter would be. And for some reason, I like allowed myself to create a version of that for myself. And I just did it. Um, and even while I was doing it, I remember kind of feeling in the background, like, oh my God, I'm doing it. <laughs> like, this is actually working. <laughs> um, so I kind of tricked myself into it. I kind of forced myself into a situation where I had to do it. I was so proud of myself and so pleasantly surprised. And then I realized that since then, there are definitely things that I thought I couldn't do that I proved to myself I can do over and over and over again. And that list is probably pretty long. Um, but as I kind of chip away at those things I thought I could never do, I realize that there's really very few obstacles actually in my way um, to, to being a version of Jill I really want to be um, and that I'm proud of, that I feel good about. Um, and the things I am afraid of <laughs> still, they're not really bothering me. Maybe they, <laughs> my team is like, maybe they're more than you think you are. I still don't like these. Um, I know it's kind of sad. And anyway, that's ridiculous to even talk about, but it's real. That's me. I don't like bees. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, that feels good. So facing your fears, putting yourself in situations where you can prove to yourself that you aren't as limited as maybe you think you are. And that as you get more and more experience facing those, the more, invincible you feel and the wider and wider your what I call your energy field grows and the more your energy field grows the more room for you there is the more room for your soulfulness there is within your humanness and here's a fun little story I like to tell and it's in the I think I tell it still in the soul signature series uh, my younger daughter who's 13 now uh, not too long after I had my sort of spiritual awakening um, experience, we were driving in the car. And some of you are like, oh, I know this, the Georgia story. <laughs> yeah, this is it. 
um, we were dri- I was driving in the car and Georgia and Olivia were sitting in the back seat. Georgia was probably four. I think maybe she was, yeah, I think she was about four. And she said, mom, do you remember when we shrink? And I was driving and I was like, shrink. No. What do you mean? And she said, you know, when we have to get really, really small to come here. And Olivia, who's three years older, said, do you mean when we're born? And she goes, yeah, like thankful to have the words uh, when we're born. And I was driving and thinking, oh, shit. (laughs) Like she is remembering being born. And I'm excited about what she's about to say next, right? And I said, Georgia, I don't remember what it's like to be born. Tell me more. You know, tell me, what is it? Shrinking? Tell me more. And she goes, she goes, that was so weird. She said to be so big and have to squeeze into this tiny little body. And she's just looking out the window, kind of contemplating what that was like. And then she said, but it's getting better now because I'm getting bigger. And I was just like, what? What? How cool is that? Right? What a gift that she gave us. It's also interesting that now at 13, she doesn't remember it. But I'm so glad that Olivia and I got to hear it, right? And I know I got to hear it and use it. Like within a class I was teaching like that week, I got to kind of use it and share it. Um, it's mind blowing for, for me anyway, maybe for you too. The idea that to our soulfulness, it's huge. And to our humanness, we feel tiny and small. Now, that's probably not a big surprise to most of you because you're like, I've felt tiny <laughs> and help, maybe even helpless and hopeless and insignificant um, in my humanness forever. Um, but the idea that the soulfulness, the soulfulness didn't change by us being here. It's only from our human consciousness that we feel so tiny, so squished, so small. And then upon being amidst this reality, then we start to forget if, if we ever knew, right? If we ever remembered like Georgia did, um, this becomes our new normal. It's one of the ways that maybe we can feel comfortable while we're here because it's so strange to our higher self even, right? So... As you adjust through your thoughts, your beliefs, your consciousness, your sense of who and what you are here and who and what you are that's not here, not within the time-space continuum, your energy field expands. I can assess someone's energy field and that tells me a lot about the truths and the beliefs in their sense of self in this world and the ability to upgrade that, to alter that, to expand that boundary gives your soulfulness more room to be amidst your humanness. And that can... (laughs) that can end up looking an infinite number of ways. It doesn't automatically mean spiritual giftedness. That's a, that's a bummer for a lot of people. Um, Universally though, it does tend to include a sense of um, increased peace, well-being, um, creativity, Freedom, liberation. And that's perfect, isn't it? Because you literally are helping. I mean, I'm just, I may want to undo these words as I say them, but in many ways, you're liberating the soulfulness from its disconnection from the humanness. Now, you think it's the reverse. Because your higher self isn't trapped, right? Your higher self isn't, isn't in bondage anywhere. But you're, from your humanness, you feel like you are blocked from your higher self. But most of that blockage 
that you may feel in your humanness from your human consciousness is that your sense of who and what you are isn't in sync enough with the truth of the matter. Oh, pun. The truth of the matter that it would allow your higher self to be more at one within your humanness, within your human experience. Okay? So am I saying that by reassessing who and what you are in your humanness, you get more access to your soulfulness? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Do you have to know everything? Do you have to read everything in order to get that? No, I, in, in, in any case, I didn't. That's not how I got here. That's not how I did this. I just allowed myself to be extremely discerning and picky. And for some reason, I have this inner radar about what I'm looking for related to what will give me more access to my soulfulness, to my eternal energies while I'm in my humanness. I'm not trying to get out of my humanness. I'm trying to upgrade my humanness. Okay. All right. I'm curious about your guys' questions <laughs> related to this. What are you pondering as we're having this conversation? For those of you that are live, um, go ahead and use the chat room. I'd love a little dialogue here about this, um, this interesting topic. I love uh, conversations like this, even though <laughs> it's all monologue <laughs> at this point. Okay, yeah. As you guys are typing that in, are you still feeling... The heaviness of your feet? Are you still feeling the, the quiet of your mind? Getting a handle on a busy mind is so valuable, so important. <sighs> okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, interesting. No, not today. <laughs> I was, I, I was going to say something and I thought, no, <laughs> maybe I'll talk about that another time. Hi, Pat. Uh, she's saying I'm very lighted and it happens daily. I tried to ground. Good. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds lovely. And thank you, Pat, for sharing that. <sighs> All right. Hmm. Hmm, I'm just feeling this uh, serenity here. Oh, she meant lightedness. I am feeling, I am very lightedness and it happens daily. I tried to ground. I think I know what you mean though, Pat. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, going back to the idea of a busy mind, did you guys know that you can, that you have authority over your thoughts? I just feel like this, da da da. <laughs> yes, and it's important that you feel that you do have authority over your thoughts, um, just like you would have a, and hopefully do feel authority for what's happening in your your home or your apartment, wherever you live. If a stranger runs through, you're gonna grab them and say, "Hey, get the f out of my out of my place." You know, you don't belong here, right? That's also true of thoughts, okay? So the, the mean thoughts <laughs> that are mean to you and want to kind of rough you up and beat you up every day and talk you out of your greatness and call you a loser or whatever, that's somebody to grab by the collar and say, get the F out of my house, right? Um, so where are those coming from? The ether <laughs> on earth? Um, it's not specific to you even. It's just available. Um, the more that you decide to sort of manage your thoughts and what kind of thoughts you want to have, um, what kind of, uh, sorry, my neck is so tight today. What kind of, uh, like home of thoughts, the house of your mind you want to live in and what you'll tolerate, um, the more clearly you'll, you'll, uh, kind of set that tone for the type of space of your, again, your mind and your thoughts that you want to create for yourself and support within yourself. Okay. Meditation works very well. By the way, for those of you that love meditations, I used to do like really long meditations, um, even in the podcasts, 
by the way, we're at podcast number like 186. And I hope I counted right because there was a time when I did these weekly and then I did the monthly. And then I've, I've had other summers too, where I kind of didn't do them for some weeks. So going back to January of 2011, I don't even know if I counted correctly because there's a lot of other uh, postings in there on iTunes, et cetera, that, that are not necessarily podcasts that I may have um, incorrectly counted. And I, I hope, I know I hired an admin at one point to put all the old ones from 2011, 2012, et cetera, on the iTunes account, but I actually don't know if they're there. And it hasn't, sorry, been a priority for me to go look, but I do believe they're on YouTube. No, not the early ones, because I didn't start creating a video of them until a bit later. Anyway, there's a lot there. Um, but those are some of those earlier YouTube videos and what I used to call remembering workshops, um, there's like a treasure vault or something I have on my website. If you Google Joe Renee Feeler vault, um, you'll probably get it where there's like some 90 minute meditations in there. Oh, oh they're just like heaven. <laughs> and they are, they can be very helpful for sort of retraining your brain and how it works for you versus against you. Okay. I highly recommend some, just find something where you have more authority over your thoughts. Okay. Oh, she meant lightheadedness. You know, I was wondering about that, Pat. I feel very lightheaded and it happens daily. I tried to ground. Um, lightheadedness to me is not fun. Um, let me feel into that, Pat. I mean, I want to cover the basics here. Are you getting enough water? Um, are you getting your feet like on the ground um, without shoes, right? Just barefooted um, on grass or dirt or even in uh, natural water? Yeah, I just, I feel like, yeah, there's some, but you have some special energy rhythms anyway. So um, that would, could be extra helpful. Okay. All right. Hey, Christine. She says, oh, my love truth of the matter. <laughs> Comment embodying soulfulness and body matter. <laughs> yes. Wait, I need a drink. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> I love you, Christine. <sighs> okay. Hello, Naylin. I love the idea of raising my humanness. Yes. Good. <laughs> Go play with that, right? Okay. And Kirk. Hey, Kirk. Oh, he's saying, I gave my first reading for a friend in a desperate life situation. It was amazing. Oh, Kirk, good job. Good job. It's, it feels, I mean, you can feel like a superhero, right? When you know that you are showing up for somebody in a way that, that they need you, right? And that you know you're up for the challenge, right? That you know you have something of value and purpose to offer them. Um, that's awesome. God, it just, it's, it can be a, almost like an addicting experience to feel um, like a superhero for, for someone when, when they need it. Um, yeah, it's good. And it's not about like, yay, uh, it's not in an arrogant way. And hopefully it's not in a codependent, like we need somebody to be falling apart in order to feel like a value, like arsonists, right? Where those arsonists that start fires so that they can save somebody and pull them out and be a hero. That's, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to fall into that pattern, you guys. Um, but it's just like putting our like best skills to use. And that's one of the things, obviously, I love about the work that I do in the private sessions and classes and things like that is to be there for somebody that's in a critical situation. It just feels good. It feels good to be that. Um, it always feels good to be where you're needed, right? And to be in a space where you're trusting your, where you're trusting God, literally, and you're trusting that you can be of service um, in the God vibrations for that person, knowing that they deserve it and knowing that, that you're capable, willing, able, joyful about playing a role in that. Oh God. I mean, 
I want to say what else is there? Yeah. Mm. Nice. Okay. Good job, Kirk. Okay. We may wrap up today, you guys. That, that may be it. <laughs> Let me go to some announcements and see if anyone else has anything they want to chat about. Yeah. Hi, Carol. She's saying we all can be of service every day. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. And we can take days off too and enjoy our own humanness and take care of ourselves and appreciate nature and, and enjoy the ride as much as we can of being here. Cause there are those days obviously where, <laughs> where it's not so enjoyable. Okay, good. All right. Let me talk about some calendar sorts of events coming up and I'm going to open a document here so that I have the right dates. Um, I will be, and it seems like I was just on, but I said yes to Beyond the Ordinary again. So I will be on on Wednesday, September 5th. I cannot wait. I'm very excited. I love the conversations that uh, John Burgos and I have. So uh, you may like that conversation coming up too. Again, Wednesday, September 5th. Um, and some of you are already signed up for Beyond the Ordinary. If you're not, I highly recommend you do. It's a wonderful collection of free resources, amazing conversations. And I feel very honored to be on the, uh, the list of speakers there. Um, the special offer I'm, well, I'm, I'm I've got some ideas. <laughs> Time is coming up quick. Um, but I've got some ideas there. Uh, the next thing coming up is the Mary Magdalene trip to France. That is September 29th through October 6th. I could put one other person in that trip. But it also feels very complete with the number that we have right now. Um, it's also coming up. I mean, literally, it's a month and one day away. So anyway, if you're interested, <laughs> email me quickly. Uh, the next event on the calendar, other than obviously the weekly podcast and the normal work I'm doing and special projects I'm working on related to business and things that hopefully you'll be excited about, um, the Zion trip is coming up in October, the Zion retreat. October 24th through October 27th. And then finally, finally, <laughs> the Egypt and Jordan trip um, dates are January 16th through January 28th. <sighs> and it's coming up quick. I need eight yeses <laughs> before that trip is, is definitely a go. Please uh, go to my website and check that out or just Google Joe Renee Feeler, Egypt 2019. And my guess is that Google will be our friend and that link will pop right up. For any of you that, yeah, <laughs> I just feel there like slow down. For any of you that have wanted to go to Egypt, experience Egypt for yourself. And then Petra Jordan, which some of you um, may know about, some of you may not. It is a fabulous trip. I Part of the reason it took so long to put together, even though we were just there in January or February of 18, and I was already, while we were there, just like, I can't wait to come back. I can't wait to come back. I feel like Egypt and Petra are places that, I've, I, for me anyway, that I could go to 10 times and never feel like it was enough. And I just, I just sense John Anthony West, like nodding, going, me too. I mean, he probably took 20 trips, maybe 25. I, I feel like he's saying 25. Um, yeah. Mm. <sighs> blessings to him. By the way, I don't know if some of you know John Anthony Wester have heard about his work. I, I just, I don't know what it is about that man, but I felt this immediate connection when I saw um, some of his videos come up on YouTube. He has a Magical Egypt series that's available on DVD. It used to be, I think, bootlegged on YouTube, and then they took it off, so now it's available on DVD. He's one of the primary reasons I even went. Um, and the coincidences that he passed away from his cancer while the group and I was in Egypt um, in February. And I love the idea that maybe he was hanging out with a little bit with us a little bit on his way out um, as he was departing from his jaundness in this reality. Um, very special being and very bold and I want to say feisty and rebellious and unique and creative and 
clear. Um, yeah, I just, I love his pioneering spirit and can relate in so many ways. So why were we talking about him? Um, I don't know, because <laughs> it, rela- it relates. Some of you may have come across, though, either Graham Hancock. Um, is it Graham Hancock? I, I don't think I, I still don't think I've listened to, or I know I haven't read any of the books and I haven't watched any of the videos, but I think his name is Graham Hancock. Anyway, a lot of you have different kind of your own uh, touch points in terms of, oh, Egypt, right? Anyway, if you are thinking about going, I take great care to put together a really, really great trip. Um, and I hope you have fun. <laughs> Most of the people that travel with me have a wonderful time. And I'm very excited to go back. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot going on uh, for each of us when we're in a new place, especially a place that feels very foreign uh, culturally to us. And I'm excited to go back and, and feel even deeper layers of it because last time alone was amazing and I, I, can't, I can't wait to feel more. So anyway, if you are curious about that, go ahead and Google it, please, and check it out and let me know if you are interested or if you have questions. Okay. Okay. Hi, Christine. Okay. Okay, she's saying, not wanting to ask for private reading, but need to say out loud, I am a rare and powerful healer. And still I'm in the fear this talk addressed and don't get paid. Love you, Jill. Oh, Christine, can you tell me more? I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm reading it correctly. Say out loud. I am a rare and powerful healer and still I'm in the fear this talk addressed and didn't, and don't get paid. So are you saying that, you know, you're a rare and powerful healer and you are in fear, which is similar to the fear that we talked about in the, um, the message today. And that part of the fear is also about not getting paid. Is that what you're saying? I think you are. Something about the not getting, I'm not sure about where the, where the don't get paid part comes in. Um, but not getting paid, yeah. There are, there are sadly quite a few professions <laughs> in this world where it is of such amazing value, um, life-saving, life-changing, etc. that gets paid very little or nothing, and it's just not fair, right? Um, there's a book I need to write on that. I had this amazing kind of essay that I wrote on competitive advantage, absolute advantage. It definitely ties into my economics background and I haven't done anything with it yet. I was up for three hours one morning in Hawaii on vacation and I woke up at two and I'm like, oh, oh, that's a good idea. And I just started stream of consciousness um, uh, writing down this information. I've never done anything with it. But And then there was, yeah, where's that other? I did make a blog post more recently though that does relate to this. Uh, what could you Google? Um, you could just look at, I'm going to go look for it right now. Sorry. Hang on. <laughs> okay. And then she did clarify there, but let me just go find this post really quick because it's completely related to this. And I feel like it could be helpful for those. And then we did talk about it in the recent uh, course, the 10 sovereignty keys as well, which I highly recommend. And we just had that bonus call. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Okay, blog, so I'm at jillreneefeeler.com, blog articles, because I'm not writing that much, as much as I'm just talking. Okay. Uh, uh. Huh. There's actually quite a few here. Oh, okay. That's that one. Okay. Um, It's, oh, it's from December. That's interesting. Okay. So it's called a slightly uncomfortable post (laughs) and it's December 4th, 2017. So if you just Google Joe Renee Feeler, a slightly uncomfortable post. um, And that, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back here. 
to what you are saying, Christine. I'm too afraid to step into my power and ask for payment commensurate to the healings. It's my energy. I know, still loving that part. Yeah. Oh, sister, I I totally, yeah, I I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but here's the, and yeah, there's quite a few messages we've actually talked about on that topic, and I probably can't think of all of them, but I know there's a few. Maybe your team can help you find the right YouTube video that relates to this, but what your brain is doing is your brain is saying, let's figure out what, it's almost like your brain is saying, show me the plan so that it can make sense that we, that we get paid for, that we get paid more commensurately. I love it. Use that word, by the way, um, more commensurately with the value that we're offering. So your brain is asking for a plan that you haven't created yet. Right? So in a way, your brain in my view, is messing with you because your mind and your <laughs> working with your brain is saying, hey, we can't move forward until we have a plan. But some solutions are experimented with first before they're actually called a solution, okay? So exploring, well, what if I charge this much? What if I charge that much? I remember when I was first doing private sessions, and I was charging like $45 an hour or something because I was new. I didn't know if I was as good as, as good as it seemed I was at the time. I was like, I don't know, 45, you know, <laughs> let's do that. And I remember driving home from, cause I was actually renting space in my town of Boise, Idaho at the time to provide these readings. And I loved it. I loved doing the readings and I was driving through this area where there was like a nail salon and a place that did massages. And my team was like, how much is a massage in there, Jill? <laughs> and I was like, probably 120 an hour. And they were like, hmm, how much is a pedicure? I don't know, maybe 50 if it's the deluxe with the scrubbing and not just the toenail polish. And they were like, huh, how long do the benefits last of a massage or a pedicure? Like maybe a month maybe two weeks. Um, and they were like, okay. And then I was like, Oh, wait, no, I totally see what you're doing here. So why is a massage <laughs> that the benefits may only last a couple weeks, or a pedicure? Why are they worth more than what I'm worth? And my answer was they're not worth more. I know, I know from my experience that sometimes one session with me, um, is absolutely life-changing for the client. So what do you charge for that, right? And it's completely subjective because the, there's no cost of goods sold. It's, it's how are you valuing your time and what is the perceived benefit that you feel like you're offering? So all of the pressure is on you as the practitioner to decide what you're worth and what you sense people would be willing to pay. Oh, <laughs> right. So one, one really creative solution that I actually like, I haven't done this, but, but I totally get it is a sliding scale, right? So a sliding scale is, you know, this service is worth X amount, but depending on what you think it's worth, let's set the price at anywhere from a hundred to $200 an hour. And then, and then you decide what I'm worth. You decide what you want to pay me based on the experience that you had um, or the experience that you expect to receive if you're charging them in advance like I do, okay? So this option, I mean, there's no right answer here. And that's where the mind can get totally twisted around too because if you have a very logical mind, it's like, no, there has to be like a right answer and a wrong answer. So rather than making a choice, making a decision, it does nothing. Meanwhile, you're sitting there feeling, I think, pretty sad <laughs> in terms of how is it that I am like a super powerful healer on the planet and I'm not making any money at this? Or, you know, what I have found is that if you leave it up to clients to pay you what you're worth, I mean, it's not in the human nature to say, here's $1,000, that was amazing, <laughs> Right. Um, it's, it's just not. So for the, for the customer, it's much easier. For, and I want to say 
more painless for them if you just set your price. And, and then they consider it whether they're going to purchase it or not, right? I mean, can you imagine going into a place where there's massages and they're like, well, here's the massage. You know, a lot of different things can happen for you personally in a massage. Do you want to pay $100, $120, $150, $180, $40? What do you want to pay? I would just be sitting there like, uh, that don't make me decide. Like, just tell me what I have to pay and let's just do this thing. Let's just get it done, right? Um, but there's part of you that feels like you don't want to get it wrong. And I feel like part of you is, well, I know for, <laughs> it's just, for me, I, there is a part of me that gets annoyed um, that, we, that we as a group are not seen for the value, are often not seen for the value that we provide. Um, and therefore we're underpaid in a lot of ways. I mean, think of who else is in that category with us. A lot of other heroes, <laughs> right? Firefighters, police officers, um, teachers, right? There's, there's a lot of underpaid heroes, damn it, <laughs> in this world. Um, and life isn't fair, right? Um, so we can add ourselves to that list. But luckily, most of us are entrepreneurs. So sadly, it's, I don't think you can be an entrepreneur, firefighter, or a police officer or teacher. You've kind of got to, you know, you're part of a system and there may be unions or whatever that help negotiate your wages. But hopefully when they went into those professions, though, they had some, I mean, if they did their homework, <laughs> fun for the teachers, um, hopefully they had an idea that they weren't going to get rich, right? Or have elaborate vacations to Hawaii based on those careers. Um, okay. So no one's going to figure this out for you. I encourage you to think as rationally as possible so that you can feel good about what you're charging. I don't know if I still have it, but I actually had, I wonder if I can find it. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff on my website after all these years. There was this little chart I made, though, because I'm, I'm very analytical in a lot of ways. And I'm like, let's just think about what a private session is worth. And I actually did do that thing about, okay, an hour massage, a pedicure, um, a very nice um, dinner with a fine bottle of wines, probably, you know, for two people depending on where you are, maybe three or $400 um, with expected value or expected duration of value. Maybe, maybe you've remembered for a couple of days, a nice night at a five-star hotel gets you value for one night, right? We're talking about a lifetime of benefit for one session. So yes, I do think it's worth at least a night in a five-star hotel. Um, and I still charge less than that. <laughs> uh, uh, there's no one right answer. But ultimately, Christine, it comes down to what you feel comfortable with and what, you, what you're valuing yourself at. And if you want to give discounts to people that, that ask for special pricing based on um, unique situations that's, that, that they're in, that's totally your choice, right? So you get to make all those decisions. And I feel like part of you doesn't want to make those decisions. You just want it done for you. Um, sorry, not happening, sister. <laughs> you got this. Okay. So throw something out there. You can always change your prices if you want to. This isn't, we're not trying to sell a house here, right? Where, where it's a bad idea to kind of, sorry, I'm just hot. I'm under the blankets. What am I doing? Um, you can change the prices as, as you want to. If you want to start out at a thousand dollars an hour, then go for it, sister. <laughs> right? Um, if it feels more comfortable for you to do two hundred dollars an hour or three hundred dollars an hour or sell a package of sessions or whatever, you get to decide what what do you feel most comfortable with. But what will they pay? You don't know. We're never going to know what our clients will actually be willing to pay until they actually start paying it. But it's a lot easier. Um, to help them understand what you're intending on offering them. Is this, how long will the benefits last? What kind of outcomes are you expecting? Knowing that they also have a very important role in what they choose to receive. Okay. 
Now I'm kind of weird about pricing this, you know, this, this golden rule idea of do unto others as, as you want them to do to you or how you want to be treated. I, which by the way is across all, all world. There's some version of the golden rule I heard in every single organized religion and even in the atheist and agnostic communities. That's so good. I love it. Anyway. So I'm a little odd in that the energy healer that I, that I get a session from every two weeks, I feel like he doesn't charge enough. <laughs> I think he charges $75 an hour. And I told him, I said, I can't pay you that little. I refuse to pay you that little. So I'm going to pay you $100 an hour. Um, that's just me. <laughs> that's just how I am. He doesn't encourage, it's like a tip, right? I, I like to tip 20% to my hairstylist at the restaurants, right? Um, so, I mean, we're all different in our own kind of our own personal version of how we handle our finances. But that, I like that. It feels good to me to do that. So I had to have no clients to do it to me. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, hey, Dolores, she's saying, love you, Jill. Hope to see replay. I got to clock into work. I love you, Dolores. Have a great day at work. Go make the money, girl. Okay. Hello, S-D-I-E. I, -E. I want to say Sadie. She's saying, oh my God, had to tune in late just now at the perfect time. Relate to the topic hugely since I'm starting a remote healing business. Yay! Oh, Sadie, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, you guys ask your questions. I'll, I can hang out for probably another more five minutes. I, I kind of geek out about business. I love to talk shop. I really do. Um, yeah, I just, I, it's like a puzzle to me with multiple answers. So it's, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm just kind of nerdy though. <laughs> so yeah, I'm here. And I do a lot of research on, on how I run my business. Um, I, I mean, even from, you know, how I do my online appointment sessions, you know, which online appointment system I want to use. I did a lot of research on there and I looked at reviews and I looked at pricing and I looked at features that it offered. And I ended up going with a system called Appointee, A-P-P-O-I-N-T-Y. Is it perfect? No. But at the time, it was one of the few that could easily handle different time zones. Because I don't, <laughs> I'm going to review a little annoyance that I have personally as Jill. It annoys me <laughs> when I have, when somebody says, okay, how do I want to put this? I mean, like right now, it's almost 1 p.m. my time. It, it's it's that time zone for very few of you. Very few of you are in mountain time zone. Some of you don't even know what mountain time is. There's like Pacific, Eastern, London, and wherever you are, <laughs> if you're not that. Um, or GMT, Greenwich Mean Time. So, or is it Greenwich, <laughs> like in New York? Anyway, but <laughs> this option that we, I take very good care to make sure that the time zone that your appointment time, if you have a session with me, is stated in, that it's in your time zone. I don't want you to have to do the calculation of, of where I am and what the time zone difference is, et cetera, because you shouldn't have to care what time it is where I am, right? <coughs> so I wanted, I demanded, an appointment system that could handle the time zone conversion. Um, and state everything, all the reminders, show the options of, you know, available sessions in your time. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I landed with Appointee. I am super opinionated about payment processors, whether it's Authorize.net or PayPal or Stripe or Dwala, which I wish would catch on, but it just hasn't, sadly. Uh, Dwala is really cool. Very minimal fees. I don't even know if they made it. I don't even know if they're still around. But the idea was really cool. But most people aren't on it. And you have to be on it for it to work. So anyway, what else? Yeah, I love to talk shop. Some people actually book private sessions to talk shop for advice on their business and how to set it up. 
and wording on their website and what are they offering and how do they describe what they're offering, pricing, et cetera. And I'm happy. I mean, that's a very valuable use of private session time because your team cares about that stuff. Okay. All right. I guess that's it. There weren't a lot of other chatty sorts of questions in there related to this. So I love what came through today though. Thanks you guys. Those meditations, those old ones, those really, really long ones. If you need to, if you want to reset that beautiful brain and quiet down that mind, I had a very busy mind. I, and I want to tell another story really quick that I haven't told in a while. Um, yeah, I'm just going to throw it in here. Okay. So at the very beginning of my spiritual awakening, it was, again, it was related to Georgia. I, I need more Olivia stories. I've got a great Olivia stories, my older daughter, but Georgia was involved in this one too. So it was during the presidential or actually the democratic national committees. Um, they were just deciding they were during their convention. So it would have, it was when they were deciding whether to have Obama on the ticket or Hillary Clinton on the ticket. So this would have been what? 2008, I think like August ish, 2008. I think that's right. Um, and I was thinking about, cause I, I kind of, I love public policy. Therefore I'm, I have some interest in uh, politics and I was sitting downstairs in the kitchen. There was no TV on or anything. There was no noise. And Georgia was uh, just a little thing. She, would have, she was born in 2005, so she would have been three, sitting on my lap. She was like eating breakfast, eating cereal or something. Um, the house was quiet. No one else was around. I think Olivia was still asleep or maybe at preschool. I don't know. Um, and I was thinking about the Democratic National Convention and I had some friends who were, you know, staunch Democrats. And I'm more of a libertarian, so I, I vote multiple ways, <laughs> depending on what's going on and who the candidates are. And I remember thinking in my head about a conversation I wanted, or I expected to have it with a friend later, or maybe I was having it virtually, I don't know. But I was thinking about Obama, and we never, we didn't watch the news around the kids. And you guys, people didn't even know Obama yet. He was still very new. They were still talking about his pastor at his church. He was still very new on the scene. And Georgia said, while she was eating, she said, are you on your phone? And I was like, no, I'm not on my phone. And she said, are you, she said, I heard you talking. And I was like, no, I'm not talking. She's, and then she kind of chewed a little bit more. And she said, why did you say Obama? You guys, I wasn't talking. I was thinking. Ah, right? She was reading my mind at three years old, the sweet little blondie sitting on my lap, munching her cereal, listening to my thoughts. And I was, I was like, oh my God, again, another really, this was before the whole, mom, do you remember what it was like to shrink conversation? And I was like, oh my God. So I was just, you know, sitting there stunned, feeling like time had stopped for a moment. And then I was like, she's reading my mind. She's reading my mind. And I was super impressed and like confused at the same time. And then it was almost like, let's just test this. So she was back to eating her cereal. And then I thought, again, in my head, I love you so much, Georgia. And she looked back up at me and she like cuddled into me as if she'd heard me say, I love you so much, Georgia. And I was just like, oh my God, this is really happening, right? And you guys at that time, I was so into like my career mode and, you know, wanting to be promoted at my company at Hewlett Packard and, you know, just, or no, I was already at Memjet actually at the time. Anyway, I think, where was I at the time anyway? Wherever I was in high tech doing businessy stuff. And I was just like, oh my God. There is nothing like a motivator to figure out what the fudge you're thinking and why and when and get some, I want to say control, but some peace with your thoughts, like having a daughter read your mind. 
Cause I'm like, Oh my God, what else is in there? What else am I thinking that she's picking up on that? I don't want her to hear and maybe shouldn't be thinking anyway. Um, just, you know, mean thoughts, critical, whatever, just nonsense. Um, but that was a big motivator for me to learn how to meditate. And I'll never forget that first time I was doing like a guided meditation like a color chakra therapy sorts of guided meditation. And then at one point I was, I just felt like this inner voice in me just said, just, can you turn that off please? (laughs) And I turned off the meditation. I think I had music on and I closed my eyes. I had my normal five to 10 minutes of, of this just feels like a to-do list because I had a very, very busy brain. I'm quite type A still. And all of a sudden my eyes were closed and I, I heard this ringing in my ear and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And I sort of went into the sound in my ear. So that was interesting. And I, I think if I'm remembering the experience correctly, as I sort of imagined, it's almost like I felt kind of pulled into the sound of the ringing in my ears. And then my eyes were closed, but I felt colors. I felt like I was seeing colors with my eyes closed. So my brain, my human consciousness, as I call it at that time, was pretty impressed. It was almost like, wait, there's colors, but her eyes are closed. Like, how can that be, right? So my brain uh, obviously had a series of kind of like, hey, wait a minute, that's not, that's not how this is supposed to work. Um, but that's interesting. That's kind of, you know, undoing some presupposed notions we had of what's possible. And that was good for me. So it helped me loosen up my grip on what I thought was available in this world and helped open up my own sense of self to other experiences of how energy and thoughts and consciousness can also operate within our humanness. Yeah, pretty cool. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> okay. Ah, very good. All right, Kirk, hit me up. You know where to find me uh, to get a reading for Gabby, okay? All right. I love you guys. <laughs> it was like story time with Jill today. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you for your time, sending you love and hoping you have an amazing week. And I am looking forward to getting back on schedule, at least as much as I can have a schedule with the travel coming up. So, okay. I love you guys. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Oh, by the way, thank you. Uh, for those of you that have enjoyed this, if you feel led to like it, share it, subscribe to it, comment on it, etc. I greatly appreciate that. It does affect the algorithms. And um, that's good. I just, I don't want to jam this or anything down anyone's throat. I do believe we're offering something that's unique and of value. And I would love for this information and uh, I want to say support like this to be in front of obviously more people. I yeah, I, well, I know what makes a difference in people's lives. So anyway, love you guys. Bye-bye.